Welcome to twoquestions.tv. I'm joined today by Robert Thomas Bethel, and we're talking about turning around businesses. Twoquestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to twoquestions.tv. I'm your host, Susan Barantini Mo. With me today is Robert Thomas Bethel, the orchestrator of 77 business turnarounds over the past 50 years. He's turned around companies in various industries, and he's helped save over 10,000 jobs as a result of his strategic business counsel. And he's the author of this phenomenal book, Strengthen Your Business, Fail-Proof Strategies from the Man Who Has Rescued 77 Businesses. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Susan. Thanks for having me. Oh, I liked your book so much, and I learned an enormous amount reading it. I don't often give a book my highest recommendation, but today, read it. Well, viewers, I would like you to get this book. It's amazing. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. There, you know, there's a lot of mistakes that went into that book, Susan. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, and, and you share them, and that's the lovely part. Um, you know, in the book, you talk about having a positive experience with employees of the businesses that you've come in to turn around. And you give some really wonderful examples of exemplary leadership, which kind of seems to be an overarching philosophy of how you treat employees. Um, is that what you tribute so many positive experiences with team members to? And could you talk a little bit about that? I it's a great question because you're absolutely right. And that, that is the primary focus when I take over a company. Typically, Susan, I'm called into these companies by financial institutions because the, the business has failed uh, or it is failing. It's in default with its debt. And, and because of that, I, I came into this business because my first business right out of college did extremely well for a couple of years and then it failed. I, I, you know, at age 21, Susan, I knew the answer to everything. Didn't we all? Of course. absolutely. <laughs> and that worked out great for a couple of years. And then I came to realize during the recession exactly how dumb I was. And a recession does that. <laughs> yes, it does, especially if you're not prepared for it. So yeah. I kept that. I, I kept that from everyone as the business was sinking. Um, I hid it. I hid it from the employees. I hid it from my family. Uh, I didn't ask for help, uh, and it was a nightmare for about 18 months. I, uh, I literally would get up in the middle of the night and throw up out of yeah. fear, embarrassment of what I knew was coming. Well, after I failed, I was picked up and dusted off by an extremely wealthy individual in Tennessee. And he said, he was a friend of my parents, and he said, I think you've learned some great lessons I have a number of businesses that need fixing. He had retired, had turned management over to other people. It wasn't going well. So he gave me an equity position in those. He said, I don't think you will fail again because I think you've learned. And the first lesson I learned is directed at, at your question. And that is I came to realize 
I was not the only owner of my business. All of my employees were owners. The vendors that supplied things to me, they were owners. And I suddenly realized if, if those people are owners, then, then because they depend on uh, their check to feed their family, clothe their family, educate their family. So why should I not treat them like owners as well? along with customers, because customers come to rely on you. So I looked around and I took on an entirely different philosophy. And I've, I've often said, in these turnarounds, I will take 5% of the credit. 95% of the credit belongs to the team. And, and I start teaching that on day one. I'm not the only owner. No one likes to go out and look for a job. No one likes to be part of a failure. So yes, that, that is at the core of, of what I have done for 52 years. You know, it was so clear. And um, when you, even when you shared some of the very few experiences that you had had that were with trouble employees, it seemed like you were so clear cut and so straightforward in how you approach those situations. And in, in most cases, except for when you were very young, it seemed everyone was treated with great respect. And, um, you know, we all have those moments of temper, but it seemed like everyone was treated with great respect and, and um, asked to participate in the saving of these companies. Very well, interesting. That, that's, <clears throat> that's exactly right. And, you know, it, it, I, I came to realize that with 50% of all businesses failing, the reason I wanted to write the book is in looking back at my failure, I, I came to realize it was totally unnecessary. And I, I think that those are the kinds of things that, that I point out in the book. To, to utilize the biggest asset. Interestingly enough, Susan, I have, I have never, day one, I walk in and I lay out the good, the bad, the ugly. I tell them the debt, what kind of trouble the company's in, top to bottom. Invariably, that group of people, when it's over, would basically, as a group, come up to me and say, we knew there were problems, we, we knew it was bad, but we thought it was a lot worse. You know, Roosevelt said it best. The, the greatest fear we have is fear itself. Yeah. So not knowing, they couldn't help. So I enlisted them and I tell them on day one, we as a team are going to come up with a plan. And it's not a Harvard business plan. It's a <laughs> 90 day plan that tells everyone in the company who is going to do what, to whom, when, and for how much. And so I, I break it down. Business really isn't complicated, but I wouldn't ask you to meet me in the morning that we're going on a trip without, and, and that's it. Just meet me at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You and I are going on a trip. You don't know where we're going, how long we're going to be gone, what we're going to do. And, and a num most businesses operate that way. 
the, the people don't understand the journey and the mile markers. So we put headlight accounting uh, on, on boards uh, where we can measure our progress against our plan. And the team comes up with that plan. I don't come up with it. Here's where we are. I tell them, here's where we are. Here's where we have to go. So together, let's come up with a plan. Interestingly enough, Susan, every single one of these businesses, I've had the opportunity to talk to the owner before I bought the company. And every single time I have asked the owner, what's the problem? Every time I've been told all we need is a little more money and to <laughs> increase sales, the problems are external. Uh, the banks are uncooperative, the market is down, whatever. Every single time these companies have been solved by internal problems. So yes, <laughs> when you talk about respect, that's a cornerstone. We're going to respect each other. We're not always going to agree, but there's not going to be any cussing and yelling and bullying people. We're going to work as an honest to God team and, and we will be rewarded as a team based on our performance. It's all, it's all very, very simple once you boil it down. And Susan, one of the interesting things to me, I have owned businesses in 25 different industries and I have never had a fear of going into a, uh, an industry that I didn't know pure and simply because the, the goal of every business is to make a profit. That's, that's what we're in business. When, when it gets down to it, that's what it amounts to. And, John Kenneth Galbraith said it best, the famed economist, when he said, without the short run, there is no long run. <laughs> and, and the plans don't have to be perfect either. You said that in the book is that we have this idea that the plan has to be perfect, but it doesn't. No, not at all. Not at all. Because what we do in, in all of our companies is we review our plan. We, we take a 90 day plan, then we break it into monthly segments, then we break it into weekly segments, then we put those goals on the board for the entire month. And those are posted on whiteboards every single day by the accounting department. Whether if we're a manufacturing company, we'd want to measure not only revenue, but uh, uh, units produced. Uh, some, some of the uh, companies have had as many as seven of these whiteboards They're posted every day so everyone can see where we are against our plan. And on Friday afternoon, the entire company gathers around those boards before we leave and we discuss what went right with the plan, what went wrong, what do we need to change for next week. Uh, to improve and you get everyone's input and shockingly enough some of the best input over the years has come from some of the lowest paid people in the company because you get everyone to thinking 
about that plan and about making profit. And it works. It may, it may sound silly. It may sound, it may sound very elementary. It is, but let me tell you something. You put those boards up where everyone can see them every single day and they walk by that board and see that we're behind schedule. Uh, you don't see everyone chatting about last night's football game uh, by the water fountain. They're hustling to catch up. You don't have to say a word. It's a great motivator, but it's a motivator for the entire company. You don't have to send out a memo. You don't have to have meetings. It's staring them in the face every day. And those are the kinds of things over the years that regardless of the industry, regardless of the size of the company, uh, those things have worked. You know, it's funny, as you talk about it, it sounds like a really exciting thing to be a part of. And I imagine that that, you know, if I'm just hearing you talk about it and I'm, you know, I'm an, I have my own business, I don't, you know, I spend my day doing executive coaching. So I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not an employee, but, and I don't want to be an employee. And yet hearing you talk about that, it sounds really fun <laughs> to be well, a part she, of saving something. That's really exciting. Susan, I, I learned, and, and this applies to your audience, uh, whether they're in management or whether they own a business, exactly what you just said. When, when you create a team atmosphere, when you have clear defined goals, uh, that unites people. They're, they're, they get excited about it because they can see their progress. Uh, they wanna be a part of it. And I also have learned people love being an underdog. So if, yeah. if your company's doing well today uh, and you want to grow your business and grow your profitability, uh, make your team underdogs. Hey guys, <laughs> we're, we're making X dollars a month right now. We wanna push it up and share the information with them. Uh, another interesting thing I think, Susan, about the 52 years I've spent, you would think that buying businesses that are broke or have failed or are in default with their debt, you would think that these businesses were in a declining market. Right. The matter is every one of these businesses has been in a growth mode. And, mm -hmm. and that should tell your audience that because you're making profit today and wanting to grow your business, I, I lay out in the book, the matrix that you need to look at in order to grow your business. And, and really, if you stop and think about it from a common sense angle, think about it like this. If someone put you and I in brand new Ferraris <laughs> at the foot of Pike's Peak today and told us to go up that mountain at 20 miles an hour, I dare say both of us make it to the top just fine. Now, now they tell us, okay, we want you to go back up Pikes Peak, but this time at 170 miles an hour. I don't know about you, Susan. I doubt if I, I, I know that I wouldn't make <laughs> it to the top. There's no doubt about it. And, and that is exactly what happens to companies. Uh, they get on their feet, they get established, and they decide, okay, it's time to grow. We're going to expand. Uh, 
but they're not prepared for it. They're not prepared for the additional accounts payable. They're not prepared to orchestrate their cash flow. Uh, they lose track of their inventory. They add new people that aren't well trained. So those are the kinds of things that, that kill companies. Uh, if they're not prepared, if they don't have a plan, if they're not measuring every day. Mm. You know, I will say it was a little hard to come up with two questions for you because the book is really kind of like Leadership 101. And so like, it's not a question of two questions, it's a question of how much could I fit into one question, which I'm kind of known to do. And so I think rather than give you some complex compound question, maybe um, for someone who's watching the show right now, who's maybe struggling to keep their business going, what is the first thing they should do, obviously after buying your book um, and reading it thoroughly, what's, what's the next thing they should do? The thing that, that I tell people, and, and it's something that I do each and every time, Susan, uh, identify the top five most successful people in your industry. And, and today, God knows that's a lot easier than it was 50 years ago. <laughs> I had to take all of these trade journals 50 years ago to identify those people. <laughs> but when you identify those five, pick up the phone and call them. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get them when you call. You're going to get their secretary. Identify yourself. Tell them that you have bought a business or have started a business in their industry and you desperately need advice. Will mm -hmm. they call you back? Now you would, you would think that very successful uh, people wouldn't do that. Every mm -hmm. single time, Susan, for 52 years, I've had that call returned. The first, yeah. thing, first thing that I do when I get them on the phone is after identifying myself and telling them that I bought this business, that I do not have knowledge of that industry, may I come and spend 30 minutes or so with you? I have had that accepted every single time, including a number of Fortune 500 CEOs, including the chairman of the board of Westinghouse Electric. Wow. Because we bought, I bought a company, an, in, uh, an engineering company that was working with Westinghouse Nuclear. And I met Mr. Kirby, uh, and I told him I would desperately love to spend a few minutes and get some advice from you. And we ended up having several talks over the next few years. Uh, what that provides, if, if you take your 90-day plan and your pro forma budget and send that before you go visit and huh. ask that person, Please look this over. I need advice and I value your opinion. Will you look this over and give me the harsh truth? <laughs> it's going to be and, hard to hear. <laughs> and if you will do that with all five of those people, you will walk away with a level of knowledge about your business that will make you dizzy. And, and that has occurred uh, that has occurred time and time again, and regardless of how many times, because 
I may take an engineering company over and it may be five years before I take another one. I'm going to do exactly the same thing each and every time. And that doesn't cost you anything. I bought a company that had just years ago that had just developed some robotic systems. I didn't know anything about robots, but at that point in time, the first and largest industrial robot company in the United in, in the world was Unimation. Huh. The the founder and CEO was Joe Engelberg. I picked up the phone. I got his secretary. I asked, would he call me? He did. As soon as he answered, I said, I would like to come see you. May I come see you and get your advice? He said, come on. I, I asked for 30 minutes. I spent two days and <laughs> I received a PhD in robotics uh, by simply picking up the phone. It's something everyone can do. And I don't care if you just started your business, whether you're thinking about starting or whether you've owned your business for 25 years, you will get wonderful information. It won't cost you anything. And it will be from people who are successful in your industry. And you can attribute that to male ego. We all, we all, well, and, and let me add this. In 52 years, I've never taken over a company run by a woman. Ever. Yes, I read that. I read that. That was interesting. And you had some ideas about why. Ego, pure <laughs> and simply. It, you know, the, the old joke about the various stages of drunkenness in men. <laughs> they, they, uh, stage one is they get handsome. Stage two is they get smart. Then they get bulletproof. Uh, I've, I've actually added a level radiation proof. It's all, it's all ego. Women don't, women don't share that ego. Women are far more detailed and precise. Uh, so, so yes, I attribute those people. If, if I said to you, if I picked up the phone, you didn't know me. And I picked up the phone and I said, Susan, I have read that that you're at the top of executive leadership. And could I come spend 30 minutes with you? I guarantee you, you'd say yes. Yes. All of, all of us <laughs> love to tell about our war stories and how great we are and <laughs> what we know. So it, it feeds that ego, but it's something yeah. that's free. You don't have to buy it, but you can get it from the experts in your particular field. And they can, you know, if they look and say, Susan, I've, I've looked at your business plan and there's some terrible flaws in it. It, it could save your company. Yeah. Or they yeah. could say, if instead of A, you would do B, uh, it, it'll keep you from making mistakes. So it's the one thing that I do religiously and anytime anyone in business asks what is the first thing, that's the first thing. Go yeah. talk to five experts in your field that are successful and have been successful for a period of time. You're going to get wonderful advice and won't cost you a dime. 
wonderful idea. And, you know, I think, you know, if you're afraid to do that, remember what Bob has said that everyone will say yes. And if they say no, so what? What's the difference? What, you know, if you don't call, you have the no. If you make the call, you have the yes or the no. You don't exactly. know. Just make the call. That's that's a great advice. I love it. It works. It works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like I could ask you a lot more questions, but I only get two. So thank you so much for joining me today, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Susan. I hope you'll have me back again. I would love to. Now, viewers, this is the book, Strengthen Your Business. Go get it. It will have the link in the note um, in the show notes for today. And uh, I, I am doing that rare thing where I give it my highest recommendation. So viewers, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Susan. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini-Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.